This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hey folks, Evan Gulak here. Before we get to your regularly scheduled obituary, I wanted to tell you about a hilarious fiction podcast. Josie's Lonely Hearts Club is a semi-improvised audio drama set in the studio of New Mexico's third best romantic advice call-in show. The show splits its time between antics in the radio station and a gradually unfolding story about our insightful host. I got a chance to listen to the first episode and found its easy charm and offbeat humor made it difficult to stop listening. You can tune in to Josie's Lonely Hearts Club anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow them on Instagram at Good Story Guild. All right, goofballs, back to Crestfall you go. Hey guys, this is Evan Gulak. And I'm Nico Jurentis. Before the show begins, we just wanted to say a big thank you to all of you. It's been a year since season one of Death by Dying was released, and we're just so overwhelmed and grateful by your continued support. So with that said, thank, thank you. you. If you're a fan of the show, consider supporting us on Patreon. Our patrons help us keep the lights on, compensate our actors for their phenomenal performances, and gets us even closer to the release of our second season. Ooh. I know, it's on its way. Just go to deathbydyingpod.com and click the banner at the top. And now, without further ado, we hope you enjoy our first ever tale from Crestfall, The Deceitful Bones. Hello. I am the obituary writer of this foxy town of Crestfall, Idaho. And this is a tale from Crestfall. As an obituary writer and amateur fanatic of Idaho history, I thought I would direct your attention to an utter classic, a story that has stood the test of time and passed it with flying colors. It is both hauntingly miserable and fun for the whole family. I present to you the quintessential crestfallen folktale, The Deceitful Bones. Desmond Dreer was a man of incessant vanity and repugnant egocentrism. No one could be better than him, not even death. In fact, just to prove it, he had gotten rather good at cheating death. The trick was to almost die. Take your second to last breath, but never the last. Drink just a smidge of ammonia to get that warm, fuzzy feeling, but never enough to perish. Lather yourself in peanut butter or cat dander or your favorite fatal allergy, but with a hypodermic needle nearby, of course. For Desmond, cheating death was a hobby, like collecting stamps or pressing maple leaves into books about the Prussian War. Sometimes, when he was feeling particularly daring, Desmond listened to his bones. His bones would speak to him, whispering sweet, sweet nothings. Yes, yes. 
His forearm was forever. His tibia was timeless. His marrow would see every tomorrow. Desmond knew, even if his flesh melted away, his bones would always be there. His bones were immortal, and so, as his logic would have it, he was immortal too. That is, until one fateful day, when he died during a time in which he was not trying to die. You see, it was a stormy morning when Desmond did what any sensible man would do, take a stroll with his trusty silver-tipped umbrella whilst walking in a flat field. Uh Uh-oh. Shortly after the incident, the angel of death appeared towering over him. It's about time. Desmond got an uneasy feeling that started somewhere in the hollow of his spine and ended somewhere in his left nostril. Am I dead? Oh, how quickly they catch on. Come with me, foolish mortal. I'm sorry, said Desmond, still a little peeved about the whole being permanently dead thing. The angel of death would have rolled her eyes, if she had any. I would hope you are sorry. I have been ready to collect your soul for years. <laughs> Cried the button-eyed raven. You played yourself! But I don't want to be dead. I'm afraid you don't have much of a choice. But if it is any consolation, you are being banished to purgatory. You have cheated death so many times, everyone in the afterlife is irritated with you. Is purgatory any fun? Being dead is boring. I wouldn't know. Death doesn't have fun. But I hear they have snacks, so that's nice. (laughs) But be warned! You may be safe from the angel of death, but beware the centipede prince. When he first arrived in Purgatory, Desmond found himself in a waiting room for departed spirits who were waiting to be judged, blessed, or damned. The line was long, and there were no magazines to read. The ram-horned secretary had decided quite suddenly that she wasn't getting the employee satisfaction she was looking for in the afterlife, and quit dramatically to become a masseuse. The remaining spirits were left unattended and unjudged. The traffic between up and down became exceptionally dense. While in line, Desmond met a drunken rock star priest. So what's your story? He asked. I cheated death too many times. And you? I was a rock star, I was. Played the electric mandolin? I did. Everyone loved me. The mandolin is a very seductive instrument, you see. The mecca's electric. Forget about it. But an electric mandolin rockstar life takes its toll. So I turned to religion to save myself. What happened? Well, I created my own religion about myself now, didn't I? And enjoyed the holy wine a little too much. When I died, 
I was so much equal parts holy and sinful they didn't know what to do with me. So now here I am in the middle. Upon the scene, the centipede prince arrived. He slithered into the waiting room, beckoning Desmond with his many arms. You shall come with me to the pits of pessimism, you handsome sprite, he declared. Are the pits of pessimism any fun? This waiting room is boring. Why, of course, the funnest of fun. Only truly remarkable people go to the pits of pessimism. Desmond rather liked thinking of himself as a truly remarkable person, so he followed the centipede prince down a hidden staircase. Oi, do wait up for me, I say. The drunken rock star priest tagged along. He too enjoyed the idea of being considered a truly remarkable person. Through a twisting labyrinth, Desmond and the priest were led by the centipede prince until they came upon a big red door. The prince opened the big red door to reveal a chamber of raging fire. Oh, I gotta get out of here. The centipede prince had tricked them. The drunken rock star priest was the first to be hurled into the flames. All righty, in you go. No! What an unfortunate end to a truly remarkable person! Before Desmond met the same demise, the centipede prince was accosted by a friendly haunted housecoat. Oh dear! Oh me! Oh my! A floating robe! Hoot and holler! Gibbery giblet! And the centipede prince scurried away. The haunted housecoat closed the big red door and guided Desmond to safety. The button-eyed raven fluttered into the labyrinth and watched Desmond disappear around the corner. How dreadful! How disastrous! You may be safe from the centipede prince, but beware the decent devil. Desmond emerged from the labyrinth and found himself on a bluff overlooking a vast and strange monochrome landscape. But at the snap of an unseen finger... A vibrant and lavish feast materialized in front of Desmond. Sumptuous meats, creamy potatoes, the sweetest of jellies, the flakiest of biscuits. It was a feast fit for a king. Without as much as a second thought, he dove down and gorged himself on the delectable food. Mm. Oh, God. Mm. Scrumptious. Oh, the flavors to be had. Delicious, is it not? Before Desmond appeared a mild-mannered demon, dressed in tweed, tailored to his angular figure. Together they celebrated, and the decent devil offered a toast. To our youth, to our vitality, to our own little eternities. Couldn't have said it better myself. They drank beneath the vacant moon and partied through the collegianous night. As the night waned, The decent devil took the party to the edge of a lonesome cliff 
that hung over the haunting shores of an empty lake. Come closer, he said to Desmond Trier. Look to the mountains of the Far East and the empty lake of the closest south, and straight below you'll see quite clearly awaits the yawning chasm. Desmond looked down. His eyes widened as he saw nothing but complete and utter darkness. The yawning chasm was a void, an abyss, the absolute absence of all things. He was struck by a wild vertigo. You are special, Desmond, the decent devil whispered in his ear. You have transcended life. You are greater than death. Let me show you what becomes of those who try to be better than everyone and everything else. Is it any fun? I couldn't think of a grander time. The decent devil pushed Desmond off the cliff. But at the last moment, he latched onto a solitary branch. (laughs) (laughs) How deadly! Despaired the button-eyed raven. How detrimental! You may have been tricked by the decent devil, but beware the deceitful bones. Desmond Drear clung to the lonesome cliff, the yawning chasm yawning larger and larger beneath him. Far worse was it than anything he had experienced before, for it promised total oblivion, a fatal boredom. It was a place where Desmond could never prove himself to be the best of anything, for he would become nothing at all. He hugged the cliff desperately, His strength was only so bold, but his esteem was bolder. And his bones cheered in tiny voices that he was the strongest ghost alive. Should I let go? No. I'm Desmond Dreer. This... This can't be the end. You know what? You're right. I can do anything. Can't I? Desmond couldn't help but listen to his bones. They were saying exactly what he wanted to hear. He wanted to be special. He wanted to be remarkable. He wanted to be superior. So he held onto the cliff with all his might just to prove that he was the greatest, alive or dead. But alas... His bones inevitably gave way, a cracking sound like twigs in a sharp fire as his bones snapped in two. At the sight of the ghastly scene, the button-eyed raven's heavy thoughts sunk him involuntarily into the yawning chasm. That was it for Desmond Dreer. He was no more, and it was by his own naive hand that he met his dismal end. One thing is for sure, 
Vanity can be fatal. Illusions of grandeur can bring you nothing but grief. Narcissism never leads to happiness. He would now spend an eternity surrounded by a darkness that would suffocate his every last selfish desire. There you have it, folks. The Tale of the Deceitful Bones. A personal favorite of mine, to be sure. Now, if you'll excuse me, my three man-eating cats are hungry. Uh, for cat food. Normal cat food. Until next time, gentle reader. This has been a tale from Crestfall. Writer and director, Evan Gulak. Producer and voiceover director, Nico Gerentis. Featuring the voices of Evan Gulak as the obituary writer and the button-eyed raven. Stephen Wilkes as Desmond Dreer. Lauren Denby as the angel of death. Felix Trench as the drunken rockstar priest. Jordan Cornwell as the centipede prince. River Kanoff as the decent devil and Nico Gerentis as The Deceitful Bones. With music composed by Chris Cozy, Stephen O'Brien, Eric M. Music, Cinematic Waves, and Scott Buckley. Sound effects courtesy of freesound.org. A very special thank you to all of our patrons, and our eternal gratitude to Matthew Cunningham and George Zarr. If any of you deceitful listeners would like to send their condolences, comments, hopes, fears, or dreams, you can contact the obituary writer personally at theobituarywriter at gmail.com or follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Death by Dying Pod. And remember, if you are going to encounter a centipede prince, shake all of his hands. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello, hello, I'm Malik. I'm Jamie. And this is World Gone Wrong, where we discuss the unprecedented times we're living through. Can your manager still schedule you for night shifts after that werewolf bit you? My ex-boyfriend was replaced by an alien body snatcher, but I think I like him better now. Who is this dude showing up in everyone's old pictures? My friend says the sewer alligators are reading maps now. When did the kudzu start making that humming sound? We are just your normal millennial roommates processing our feelings about a chaotic world in front of some microphones. World Gone Wrong, a new fiction podcast from Audacious Machine Creative, creators of Unwell, a Midwestern Gothic mystery. Learn more at audaciousmachinecreative.com. Find World Gone Wrong in all the regular places you find podcasts. I love you so much. <laughs> I mean, you could like up the energy a little you bit. You could like, up the energy. I actually don't take notes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You sounded great. So did you. <laughs>